We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is the weekend although it's a long, a long weekend we've already had a couple days break Hopefully, or most of us have. Happy belated Thanksgiving. It is the Saturday edition of the Packaday Podcast. I am Jason Perrone of the Packaday Podcast, Game on Wisconsin, and the Quick Slides Podcast, along with Matt Fralick of the Packaday Podcast and the Final Dump Podcast over at Game on Wisconsin. Paul Brittle is with his family enjoying the Thanksgiving weekend. We will miss him this week. So it's Matt and I. Matt, happy belated Thanksgiving to you, sir. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Same to you. I'm excited to get into the first leftover plate here after we get done recording. I think that's an underrated aspect of Thanksgiving. I had uh, had the classic turkey sandwich last night, but I'm ready to hit all the sides after we get done recording here and get to talking some Packers, see what this injury report looks like, seeing these LA Rams come to Lambeau, and we... uh, we're getting to the thick of like a playoff hunt here where we're trying to align, at least get the Packers aligned in the right situation. Yeah, six games left to go. It's crazy how fast the season's moving through. All right, so I have to ask you, because yeah. everybody's got different iterations, so what goes on your leftover turkey sandwich, including all of the condiments as well? Um, I try to get kind of creative with it. Like last night was just a little wheat bread toasted with some mayo. Uh, today... I'll have the full access to all the leftovers. We might go a little cranberry on it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Stuffing that the the stuffing consistency has to be Ooh, important. It was a yeah. it was a decent type of stuffing, so we might go with that. But it's gonna kind of just how I feel when I get in there. If you got a little cheese, maybe sitting around too, that's always nice. Little pair that in there. Um, I don't have any greens or anything. That would have been that would have been elite. I tried to mix it up other than just meat. So right, um, but we're not going sandwich. I don't think sandwich will probably be tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Yeah, all right. So you said full access. I'm curious. So that's interesting. So you had partial access. You had access to the turkey, but not everything. So does somebody Correct. kind of do so you have like, family members yeah. that kind of hoard certain sides? And so I was at my girlfriend's parents, and they after I took my post nap during the halftime of the the Cowboys Raiders game, they packed up a, a to go bo- I guess box for me of just like a bag of stuff. But only thing they had to to pick from when I got up later was just like just the turkey was in like a a Tupperware in the fridge. Um, so that was, that was the only thing that was accessible. Everything else was kind of already eaten up or 
portioned away from me or Andrea or whoever else. So um, at my parents, usually it's like just everything's left over. Besides the mashed potatoes, my brother goes wild on those. So we'll have the, the sweet potatoes left over, corn, stuffing, turkey, maybe some gravy. So it's – yeah, you try you try to piece it together, whatever you can. Whatever thing else – anything else that's left over in the fridge, you kind of throw it all together. That's the best part. It is the best mm-hmm. part of Thanksgiving. That's awesome. Very cool. We're glad you had a good one. I know we were talking before we started recording. It was a crazy game between the Raiders and the Cowboys. The Cowboys dropped, which helps the Packers. Raiders with a big victory there. A lot of flags. A lot of talk Mm -hmm. about the flags. That was the same crew that the Packers and Vikings just had in Minnesota. And I'll just say it's not the Packers and Vikings show. But I personally am not blaming the refs for anything last weekend. The Packers game against the Minnesota Vikings, I think they had Mm -hmm. their chances. And honestly, I thought they actually, as, as many calls as there were, I think they got them mostly right. So... Uh, if there's one good, if there's one good thing we can say, it's unfortunate the Packers didn't play more disciplined football, but I think they got it right, and you, that's what you want. It's all you can hope for is that they they do their best to try to get it right on the field. So you already alluded to it, Matt. The Packers will come back to work at home against the Rams and look to get back on track. They've got their bye week looming next week. You always want to hope that the Packers are going to focus on the task at hand before they get too into their off week. The players have probably been looking forward to this for a long time. Packers are really banged up, really beat up. We're obviously going to talk about the injury report, which is out. The Packers did turn in their practice designations for Friday, which completes the week of practice. But as always, before we jump into that, we got to talk about the weather. So Paul's not here. You're going to carry the, the torch for the Green Bay locale. I don't think we have anybody in Europe. I've got our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada, but he's west. So Matt, take it away. What is the weather looking like right now? And what can we expect on Sunday at Lambeau Field? As a record, 30 degrees. Uh, it's been a little bit breezy here the last week, too. It's been the wind's definitely been picking up only 10 degrees right now. But it's it's been cold, man. It's it's that traditional you know fall weather. I was fortunate enough uh, a week or so ago to get all the leaves off my yard, waiting for the city to come pick those up. I don't know if that's going to happen. It seems like everyone had trees fall late, or excuse me, leaves fall late, not trees. Um, potentially some snow tomorrow or Saturday, as you guys are listening to this, one to two inches. Looks like maybe a little four o'clock afternoon. So we'll see what that dusting does for the game on Sunday when the Packers play. Uh, Jason mentioned this before recording. It seems like they're getting kind of exempt from actually having any crazy weather when they're playing in Lambeau. So that one to two inches will fall on Saturday, Sunday, 36 degrees for the high, sunny. Um, It looks like a fairly decent weather game. You'd hope it would be a little bit poor weather, being it's an L.A. team coming out here, normally playing in a dome. Not a lot of those guys are used to the, the elements. So. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case, but anything could change. And then Monday, we got some snow coming, too. So maybe they'll hit that pocket just right where it'll be a nice game. But overall, it looks like the uh, you know traditional Thanksgiving weather for the Packers. Maybe a little bit even unseasonably warm. 36 degrees isn't halfway decent for late November. Well, I was just going to ask you, though, Matt, when, when they mm-hmm. play these late afternoon games, it's almost like a night game. So talk me through, yeah. like... I mean, yeah, it's great at 3.15 when they kick off, but what are we looking at by the time it's dark and 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the fourth quarter? That's that's a great thing to mention because, like, you go down there, and if I'm going to the game, I'm not. I know a lot of – I have some friends that are that are coming to the game, and I know they'll try to get down there about noon, right? And, like, that's – you know, high noon, it's going to be nicer. You're going to get some drinks going, moving around a little bit, and, you know, get some food in you. And by the time you get settled in your seats, you're like, okay, this is this is decent. But the worst part, just like every game, is like one that 5 o'clock, 
445 rolls around that second half is you're you're waiting during halftime and all the body heat disperses right and by the time you leave the game like you're kind of a little bit chilled so it's it's definitely important to dress for the weather elements especially around this time of year because you could get caught off guard like you wake up it's looking 30 plus degrees it's not freezing you can go out and kind of maybe have the, the the coat unzipped or whatnot maybe even have the hat stocking cap on top of the head not even worried about the the ears and by the time you get out of there it's going to be damn cold you might even have to scrape off the car and who knows maybe some snow will roll in and it'll turn it into a, a wild uh 325 game but yeah you got to be you got to be careful on these these times of years you don't want to get too you don't want to get too warm too sweaty all of a sudden you're gonna you're gonna catch a cold yeah for sure well that's that home field advantage and mm-hmm. the packers definitely want to try to hang on to that they had it last year it got them all the way to the nfc championship game along with obviously some very solid football play and we were talking about that home field advantage. So as we turn our attention to, well, I guess we got to do the rest of the weather. I forgot. I, I forgot about myself. So 75 degrees and sunny right now, as we sit in the Phoenix area, high of 75, anywhere from 79 to 81 and sunny for the next week. So I will send as much as I can over that way. I'll send it to the Packers side of the bench, but not to the visitor side of the bench. No. I want them. I want those visitors to get every, every possible ounce of Wisconsin November that they can. So beautiful weather over here. Our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada, which is on the western side of Canada, high of 41, low of 30. That doesn't sound actually too bad if it's above no. freezing, right? He's got saying that uh, morning flurries on Saturday. And he said uh, he lives on the north side of the mountain. They don't get direct sunshine on his property until the end of January because of the tilt of the or where he's oh, located and how north he is. Could you imagine? So they don't they don't not get light, but he doesn't get any direct sunlight. Could you imagine like no direct sunlight? That's crazy. <laughs> and with whatever mountain he's talking about. Oh, yeah, that impacts it. But no, I couldn't I couldn't do with that. I've you think about those people I mean, I, I you ever really don't think about Canada all that often with sun like that. You always think of like Alaska and you always talked about that in like in school, but yeah, that's I I don't know if I could deal with that. No direct sunlight. That uh that wouldn't work for me. Nuts. Totally nuts. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so the weather is a factor. I mean, you know, I know we we kind of, you know, tongue in cheek talk about it every week, but this is when it becomes a factor when you're in late season. This is when the things, you know, and, and I'll just I'll just say this too. Uh, Mason Crosby's not in the injury report, Matt. And I don't know if you I don't think you guys touched on, on the final dump. By the way, folks, you've got to. Well, first of all, I know Andy's OK with us cross, uh, you know, promoting our shows. And so game on Wisconsin. Get over there and follow those those shows and that, that group over there. Just some great content. Um, I do the Quick Science podcast twice a week, once on Sunday and another one on Thursday. Matt, um, you and Brennan do your final dump show. That comes out on Fridays. Great show this past week, although uh, I'll address why it was a little difficult for me to listen. It was great content, but it was tough for me, but I'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Mason Crosby, he's not mm-hmm. injured, but man, is it, it, it's, been, it's been a struggle, and, and he struggled and he missed another kick. Now, that was indoors, no weather. There's really not a whole lot to blame there uh i'll just say this this is when we talk about the weather this is one of the reasons why i say i don't mason crosby is a train wreck and the packers absolutely have to stick with him because he has 15 years worth of experience kicking in lambeau field in december and with everything the packers still have in front of them which is a postseason run and a chance to go play deep into the playoffs and hopefully further than that do you really want to risk just to send a message and because you're mad do you really want to risk Somebody coming in here in midseason and they're not ready for the moment and they can't hit that 45 yarder in January. Crosby's done it. 
right? You got to stick with, uh, I'll say the devil that you know, but it's I'm not saying that Crosby's so bad that he's devilish. He has been so good. And not only that, Matt, but twice we've stuck with him through a slump and he's come out of it and been very good afterwards. And it's not all his fault, right? Like you look at, you know, J.K. Scott's not there. I know it's been the full year. Horquist has been there holding. They've had some issues along the way. Obviously, Hunter Bradley not being the long snapper has affected it probably, I would say, about half as much as it is on in Mason Crosby. And it's some of it on Mason right now I think is a little bit mental. You see most of these kicks where he's kicking and he's instantly looking at Horquist or instantly looking at Hunter Bradley and then all three of them are 100 around Mo Drayton on the sideline. So, I think it's a little bit on Mace, that, or it's a lot of it on Mace, but he's got to take a little bit more accountability. But you're going to have this tough this tough patch, man. Like, you, you have a career like Mason has. You're going to have some of these, and it's been – it kind of goes in waves with him. It's at least somewhat of a pattern. So you would think he would, at this rate, would get through it by mid-December and things will be figured out. I think he just needs a little bit of swagger back. That's really all it is. Maybe he hits a big one this weekend in the in the elements, and there's a little snow out there, a little frost, and he's able to you know boot a 50 plus yarder through, and he he figures it out. So I think he'll come back, but it it's a tough it's tough right now for Mace. You kind of feel for him. A lot of um, outdoor games coming up too: Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings. Uh, obviously not the Vikings. Uh, will be at home as well. So it's like uh, four to five after this week will be all outdoor games in the elements. So hopefully at that point he can figure some stuff out. But it's tough. No, you're not going to get rid of – I mean, you're not going to put in a, a sub for Mason. You've tried that number of times in preseason. It's never worked out. I was calling for it a couple years ago, which was really stupid of me. And at the end of the day, like you got to just trust to he'll he'll figure it out. Like there's there's no doubt in my mind that at some point he'll figure because he's even had glimpses of it recently where it's like, OK, he's good. And then like, ah, he's kind of reverting back. So I think he's he's progressing through like the really bad game he had a few weeks ago. But um, end of the day, there's no way you'd, you'd, you'd ship off for Mason Crosby or put him on the bench like that would just be ludicrous because there's not that many damn good kickers in the league like he is. Do you want to be the Jimmy? Do you honestly want to sit there as a fan? And watch the Packers not go to a Super Bowl because the kicker didn't hit a walk-off 35-yarder at Lambeau Field. I just I, that's Gross. why I'm like stick with yeah. stick with your guy, stick with your guy because the weather's turning. Like you said, like you said, Matt. And I was listening to the the Wendy's Big Show and I reference it a lot. And Gary Ellerson was talking about former Packer. He, he's played at Lambeau Field. He was talking about how these late afternoon games and late in the season are almost really like you know kind of quasi night games and. That can become a big advantage if the Packers are conditioned to it and the, the Rams. Now, the Rams played in January in a playoff game against the Packers, so it's not like they're unfamiliar mm-hmm. with it. But So the injury report, as we look at this matchup here, uh, some players the same. Aaron Donald's coming, to, coming after Aaron Rodgers and the Rams defense. The Packers offense gets the second week in a row against a really good defense in the NFC that they're probably or likely to see again in the postseason. But... Injury wise, it's a it's a pretty long list of guys, but we'll start with the guys that are not going to play. David Bakhtiari uh, once again did not practice. Now we did learn this week that he had a, a scope on his uh, surgically repaired knee, his ACL, which made a lot more sense as far as why he was not practicing. So David Bakhtiari not at practice. He will not play. He's ruled out for this week, so he will not make his debut before the bye week, as many of us opined. And then missing his second game in a row is Malik Taylor. He has an abdomen injury, didn't practice at all, will not play. Kind of the same thing that I said last time. Malik Taylor is a, it's a big one because he's a special teams contributor. 
He was your backup kick returner. He's been really good in that role. And while offensively he hasn't been very good, when he's had to step in, he has been really good. Fortunately, the Packers have been able to roll with their preferred starters at wide receiver, but Malik Taylor will not play. And then sticking with the wide receiver group, Alan Lazard is listed as questionable. He was limited in practice all three days with a shoulder injury. So if the Packers can get Lazard back, that's a big shot in the arm for them in a game, uh, coming off of a game where they had to lean on, and I think they did okay in leaning on Devontae Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has this amazing catch and run, you know, one of the fastest runs of the season in the NFL. You know, the speedster, Randall Cobb. This is why you've got Randall Cobb, because Amari Rodgers is not ready yet. So Alan Lazard kind of tips things a little bit here as far as, as that goes. Those are all three off offensive. We'll kind of we'll kind of start with that. Well, I guess if we're going to stick on offense, Matt, Aaron Jones also listed as questionable. He practiced mm-hmm. all three days. He was limited all three days. So offensively, that's that's the run of, of show there. And those are most of your injuries. Um, there's one on defense we'll get to, but let's talk about let's talk about that. No Bogtiari, no surprise there. Malik Taylor, special teams contribution won't be out there. And then you've got Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones, who are both questionable in a game that the Packers really do need to focus their attention on and try to grab because you don't want against any of these teams they're going to see later in the season. You want them to have to come back to Green Bay. You don't want to have to go on the road. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the tough thing, it's it's crazy because we talked yesterday on the final dump. Brendan and I are and I at this point, it was like Lazard and eh, he might not go. And then Malik, when Malik Taylor gets, you know. Uh, he's out for the game. It's like, oh, shoot. Now they're really down to like who was left. You mentioned all the guys that contributed last week. EQ, he also had a decent game last week in his limited amount of time. It's, you know, he's going to have to contribute this week as well, uh, along with Randall Cobb, MVS, if they can, if him and Rodgers can find a connection again after there's been some time that he's been off the field. And you saw that it, it was a, a struggle um, in Minnesota. And Aaron even spoke to that a little bit in his press conferences uh, this week and on Pat McAfee. So if they can get a connection going, that would help a ton for this offense to get flowing. But without 30, three there man it's it really limits things um you know just the versatility what you're able to line him up as and motion him out motion him in get some matchups out of the backfield it, it's tough like you don't get that from aj Dillon, and obviously you don't get that from patrick taylor um and then robert tunyon being out like you look at him as uh you know he was having a great year uh before he got injured always sure-handed though uh can chip on the edge can line up in different positions and they're kind of cobbling it together right now with um, DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis, and uh, Daphne when he's there. And it's just like that. at the end of the day, it's it, you're, you're trying to make this offense flow, but you just don't have the right parts to make the engine run at the full capacity as you want. So someone's got to step up. I think a lot of it's going to be probably put on Adams. I would like to see him vo- involved even more last week um, than he was. I, I don't know if you can put a 25-30 carry game on the back of A.J. Dillon. You probably can try. Um, but I see see that as a, a possibility for them to actually win this game. But overall, like the offensive line, that's the other spot. Obviously, with Elton Jenkins out, Bakhtiar finding a little bit more out, like his knee, like you mentioned, makes some more sense because late July, early August, you're like, yeah, he'll be back. And then it's like, oh, no, he'll be back after week six. And it's been on and on and on and on. And it just hasn't happened yet. So um, that's that's a tough thing right now because you didn't get to see one time this year Bakhtiar and Elton Jenkins play together. Uh, Josh Myers is still out, obviously, and it's just a, it's a tough, tough blow to not have this offense be at its fullest form when it seemed like we were going to get to there um, by Thanksgiving, and it just hasn't happened yet because of so many injuries. 
Yeah, a lot of guys banged up and hurt. And yeah, did did mean to leave Elton Jenkins out of the conversation because he's not listed on the injury report because he's on injured reserve. Unfortunately, ACL tear, his season is over. And we could be looking at no Elton Jenkins until 2023 because he's hurt so late in this season that he's likely not going to play for the first part of 2022. It's a long recovery. You've seen David Bakhtiari and what he went through. And this is a dude who is as diligent as it gets when it comes to recovering and rehabbing. And he's still not on the field. So... It's it's not a guarantee that uh, Jenkins is going to be going to be good to go for next season either. So that it's just gutting gutting for the Packers. But when you talk about that depth, you mentioned a couple guys that really encouraged me. Equinemia St. Brown. This was a guy who's been with the team for four seasons now. And the Packers essentially cut him at the end of the season. He didn't make the roster and they put him back on the practice squad. And he stepped up and made a couple of really big plays, and he's familiar with this offense. And it's almost one of those things where it's like, man, thank goodness the Packers had him in their back pocket to be able to help throw him out there and get him going on some of those jet motions. And he he makes the most of of his moments. He does make some mental mistakes. I you know we can't forget about the NFC Championship game. He drops the I think he had a two point conversion that he he had an opportunity to catch. He dropped it. He, that happens at times, but he has stepped up there. In going with the theme of this season, which is the depth. And you talk about Robert Tunyon. Josiah DeGuara makes his first touchdown catch in, in what looked like a very Robert Tunyon-esque grab. And these guys aren't going to p- replace these other... You know, you're not going to replace Tunyon man for man with Josiah DeGuara. But if you can get that kind of production with guys out, then you don't lose as much ground as you could when you look at what the Packers are doing the big question is, and this is what was so deflating for me on, on Sunday against Minnesota, was this team has, since the Arizona game, just seen guys, so many guys drop. And they already had injuries. When is it the one too many? And my concern in real time and in, in the emotion of the moment, I was very, very down because I thought to myself, that's got to be the one too many. And I had flashbacks to the NFC Championship game, Matt. You and I were talking about it a little bit earlier today about how the offensive line really did play a factor. And the Packers got to the NFC Championship game. They were right on the doorstep, and they still could have won if it weren't for a couple of other things. But the pass rush for for Tampa was a problem. You had no David Bakhtiari out there. It did end up being an issue. So now you're looking at a situation where hopefully Bakhtiari can come back. But when? We don't know. Elton Jenkins is gone. He's not coming back. And so the Packers, even if Bakhtiari does come back and play and Josh Myers does come back, you're still going to be without Elton Jenkins against some really good defenses. So on the one hand, I say the depth is great. Look at what Josiah DeGuara did. Look what EQ did. On the other hand, it's like, when is it the one too many? Do you feel like we've already reached one too many land? I know how you feel about this game, and we're going to talk about that at the end of the mm-hmm. show. But do you feel like we've reached one too many-ville? <laughs> or are you like, hey, to your point about the depth, no, and keep rolling? I until it's like definitive that you know Rayshon Gary or Zadarius or Jair or David Bakhtiari are out for the season or you know you can throw in Aaron Jones or something like I don't think it's there yet but it's so close I mean uh, Elton and Aaron Jones to me were the number two that really really hurt because the other ones were kind of taken by surprise you kind of have some optimism will be back just because of how those injuries were but when you see a knee injury you expect it to be really really bad um, when you see, you know, Elton Jenkins go down and just the way everything tricolates out, it's just like the standard ACL tear, right? He, he goes down in a, in a, in a pile, they show the replay. It doesn't look good. He walks off, which is like, it gives you some hope, but yep. anyone that knows it's yep. like, 
ACL, he can still walk. Jordy gets carted off. Jordy, remember when Jordy did it exactly. against us? Yep. Exactly. And then he, he gets carted off. He says he's out for the game. You got the the Twitter doctor saying that it's more than likely an ACL. You put some weight into that, and it's you know it's it's basically done within twenty four less than twenty four hours on the next day when they announce he's out for the season. So it's it's tough, and it's not. We're not. I don't think it's completely out of the works yet because one thing with the offensive line, it's just such it's such a depth spot for the Packers. They've invested so much money into it and so much so many resources, and I've talked to that at nauseum, and I'm very proud of what they've done with that at the front office, but. At some point, when you're calling up Ben Braden to to get a spot on the roster, like that's a that's a tough tough game, and I think it's it's really really close. I don't know what that tipping point would be. I don't even want to say it. I, I don't even want to say a player because it, it could be on either side of the ball, probably more defensively than offensively. But you know, there's a certain couple of players on the offense that they go down. This season's over too, so it's close. It really really is close. But luckily, they have a, a really really talented team, and there's been so many superstars that they had and all pro guys that are going down. Most teams, I don't think, would be able to bounce back from this. And I think it just goes to goes to show what. Gutekunst is putting together and how much great depth they have on across this, every side of the ball. Um, if they were to lose some more injuries at the defensive line, that would be detrimental because they've been thin there for the last couple of years. So, but it, it's damn close. I won't argue with you. Like if it if it, at some point Jair is going to come back, at some point Z should come back. David should be back here shortly. But when's that going to be? And mm-hmm. like, how long yep. can they keep their head above water until another injury happens? That's not from an All Pro guy. Yeah, it's, it's a bye week, too. So I'd like to think, because they said they had a plan with Bakhtiari. Now, I don't think they were expecting him to have to have a scope. So that throws a wrench into their plan that they had all along when he did return to practice a month ago. And I think you're right. I hope all those guys are able to come back and return. But the question is when I would like to think that the bye week is a marker and that the the game after the bye, the Bears game at Lambeau Field is going to be the... Potential return of David Bakhti. I'm hopeful. I don't know. With the, with the scope, I don't know. Maybe that set him back, and he's not going to come back until after that. I'm not really sure. But I'm hoping to get some of these guys back. I mean, it sounds like Rashawn Gary has a chance to play in this game, and that's moving onto the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. to answer, before we get to that, to answer my own question, I mean, the depth just, like you said, the depth just keeps showing up. And until it doesn't, then we'll know that it's a problem. But I still like the vibe of this team. I mean, Billy Turner's joking around, showing his foot in, in, in a press conference on Friday. So it's like this team is still loose. You know, they're still loose. I think they're still out there having fun. I mean, they've got a lot of work to do, but this is another time. This is another game where I'm putting it, some of it on Matt LaFleur. Earn your bread. Mm-hmm. You've got a shorthanded mm-hmm. roster. You've got some guys out on defense. You've got some guys out on offense. Now, defensively, I guess let's go there. Matt, uh, because that's the rest of the the injury report here. Kevin King is listed as doubtful. He didn't practice at all. He's got a hip and knee injury. He was on the bike a little bit on Friday on the sideline. Didn't practice. And Rashawn Gary, linebacker, is listed as questionable, which is still just... Man, this guy, when he was drafted 12th overall, I was not expecting that pick. And I was watching with Jacob Westendorf that draft. And we were watching it virtually because I was on a business trip in L.A. and he was at home in Wisconsin or in Illinois. I'm sure he wishes he was in Wisconsin. And it was, you could hear a pin drop. And I was just like, man, you got to be kidding me. What are they doing? And thank mm-hmm. God they did, man. What a dude. He is so dedicated to playing football. He's so dedicated to being being great, being a Green Bay Packer, Bain Gary, all that stuff. Like, this dude wants to be out there. This dude wants to win. Like, it, it usually, it can sometimes take guys a lot longer to get mature like that. 
And you want a, a guy like that out there. I mean, even I would say he's at the point, and this is a huge compliment to Rashawn Gary, where when you say 80% of a player is better than 100% of certain other guys being out there, that's a huge compliment to Rashawn Gary. And I think that's true. I don't think, I don't think I'm, I'm going overboard. He's been very productive this season. So if Rashawn Gary can, can get out there and play now, I'm not saying that with this huge clunky brace that he's apparently going to be wearing on his arm, if he plays, that it's not going to prohibit him a little bit. But his presence makes a huge, huge difference. And it's a big issue uh, even more so because Jonathan Garvin's on the COVID reserve list. He's not going to play. Uh, they, they brought in uh, Orchard. He's on the practice squad now for depth. And like you said, if he has to get called up on game day, that could be a problem. Tipa Nalaya. I keep, I don't know. I'll have to ask you for your iteration of how to pronounce his name. No, that's it. Showed up on a couple snaps this past week. So, but you know, it's the Rams and the Rams are going to have a really good game plan. They, they want to win this game too. It's once again on defense. Now on the back end, the Packers have their secondary. Kevin King uh, was sent to the bench in favor of Roswell Douglas, who seems to be the new starting outside uh, corner opposite Eric Stokes until Jair Alexander comes back. Shannon Sullivan in the slot. You've got Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, who should be ticked off and ready to catch some picks after dropping a big one in in this last game. So the secondary Mm -hmm. is intact. This is where I think a lot of people are nervous about this game. Matt is the defense, and can the defense slow down the Rams' offense? It's still Matt Stafford. The Packers are used to him. Stafford's still going to throw you one or two, so I hope the Packers got all their dropsies out of their system last week because I think they're going to get a couple more opportunities this week, and that can be where the Packers get a, you know, they steal one because they're not favored in this game all of a sudden. They're, they're one-point dogs at home, and so apparently a victory is, is would be stealing it. That's how you do it is you have to capitalize on turnovers, but you've got to get that pressure up front. They're going to need Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry, Lancaster, Slayton to do their part to clog up the middle, make it difficult for the Rams to try to run the football. Fortunately, it's not Dalvin Cook this week. That's always a tough ask for the Packers against Dalvin Cook, and he has had some really good games against them. But, okay, so those two guys, Kevin King, doubtful, Rashawn Gary, questionable, and this Packers defense is going to have their hands full against the Rams offense that's going to be looking for some vindication. McVay is going to look to get some quote-unquote revenge against Lafleur for the playoff loss last year. And once again, the Rams, they need, to win, they need to win this game. They've got a tough schedule the rest of the way out, and it's our only crack at Green Bay before the playoffs. Hello, friends. We're getting to that point in the season where your survivor team is probably eliminated, your fantasy team that drafted Saquon Barkley and OBJ probably isn't doing the best, and maybe you're looking for something new to kickstart those fantasy football feelings. Well, let me tell you about Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on those matchups. One of my favorite aspects of Better Fantasy is that it offers prop betting. So even if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can still get in on the action. This is a totally free-to-play game that you can download on your iPhone or Android today. And the absolute best news of all, you can use code PACKADAY when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. That's Better Fantasy, B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy with promo code PACKADAY. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, no, and I think what you mentioned about Rayshon Gary, like, and you would say it, it kind of, it, I would rather have a healthy player out there, whoever it is, but really like behind Rayshon, like there's really not anyone else I'd rather have out there. Like eighty percent, ninety percent, wherever he's at, like he's gonna have that Barry Bonds elbow guard on there, right? And it's just the fact that he's even not out for the year is incredible. Because like when you saw that injury, it looked really, really bad, especially bad. just the way he grimaced mm-hmm. and the the fact that he was almost gonna play last week is <laughs> beyond me. Crazy. Like, I don't even understand how yeah. it was possible. And now it's like, well, he's shoot, he's probably gonna come back and play this week. It, it seems like and. More power to him, man. Like, and they need him really, really bad. You you hate to rush back a player too soon, but damn, man, we we need you out there because based off of what we have right now, without Zedarius out there, with the way the interior's been playing, like it's been pretty good. But they they really need Rayshon at least to try to get after Matthew Stafford to try to make him uncomfortable while he's trying to get it to these receivers they have in this high powered offense. So. Um, Kevin King, uh, there's no possible way he plays, in my opinion. It just, there just doesn't seem like that. From if it's one injury, it's now it's a second injury for him. It's just it never seems to stop with Rayshon or excuse me with uh, Kevin King. Unfortunately, Rasul Douglas, I think he's a damn good player. He's surprised everyone. He's been one of those pieces that they kept they kept adding throughout the entire off season of you know these physical man-to-man receivers and he's he's found his way um obviously he's probably gotten a little bit more praise from Packers fans and the coaching staff since that pick in the Arizona game blunder or not by AJ Green he still sealed the game and it was a huge play but uh, I I don't feel really confident against him going up against uh Odell Beckham or Cooper Cup it just it seems like a tough tough matchup even tougher than last week for versus uh Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson but this defense, they got to come back with some turnovers, right? Like you mentioned, Darnell Savage should be pretty pissed. Like, and that, and you mentioned it at the top of the show, and I'm, I'm glad it's kind of circling back here for me. Is like, you don't blame the refs. I mean, there's games where I'll get mad at the refs, and I'm like, ah, that was a blown call, and it, maybe it does really phys- like 100% impact the game. But like, and if that happened in the last two minutes of the game, well, there's 58 minutes that you could have like avoided yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. There, really there really wasn't anything egregious in that game. Nothing, like I felt no. like. 
I felt like it was just a bad game overall. Mm-hmm. Like the announcers, the broadcast was really bad. There were some angles we didn't get to see, and there was stuff like that. But it was just one of those games where it was like it's it's a division rivalry. It's in Minnesota. Like you're gonna have this happens all the time. Like we're not immune to this. So that was the part of me that was like I didn't really care all too much, but. You had three or four interceptions that should have happened secondary. So let's let's figure those out. And, yeah, I would hope Darnell's pissed off and wants to make a play because that's really what it's going to come down to. If they can win the turnover battle, unless they have a chance. But the defense needs to come to play, and they're going to have – Joe Barry's going to have a tough time going up against his uh, his former colleague. Well, you know, the one guy I didn't mention was Kingsley Kiki, and he's not on the injury report this week. So thank goodness because head injuries are scary, and he played last mm-hmm. week, and it was Kiki's – uh, roughing the passer that negated the first interception that Savage had. And, and I guess it had Savage not tripped over his own two feet. There were some angles that showed that he might have actually housed it. And mm-hmm. that would have been devastating to see a pick six have to come back for a penalty. And it was. It was a penalty by, by Kingsley Kiki, but he got there. And I think these guys can get there and they can create some pressure. To your point, Matt, if they don't put pressure on Matt Stafford, I don't care if it's Jared Goff again. He is going to pick apart an NFL defense. You just can't give quarterbacks time in the NFL, and especially in a big game like this. I think Robert Woods being out does impact. Yes, Odell Beckham Jr. is still a guy you have to account for. Cooper Cup is as good as they come, but there's no Robert Woods. And so their offense is changed. It's different. It's not going to be as effective as it would be without with Woods out there. So... I'm not saying Green Bay's task is any simpler, and they didn't have to contend with Cup. He didn't play in the playoff game. He had he sat out mm-hmm. with an injury last year. He's a really really good receiver, and the Packers have you know I mean that they're they're going to have their struggles at times. He's not going to get shut down com- completely. You know it's it's I think the Packers, the football gods, I think gave gave Green Bay a really really big one against two really good receivers in Seattle. I don't know that you're going to see the Packers shut down a, a receiver or receiving duo the way that they did DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. If they can, then the Packers are going to win this game because I don't think LA's offense is going to be able to generate what they need to in order to score enough points. And the Packers have been winning with, with you know, by keeping their opponents. I mean, they're, they're winning, not even scoring 20. So it's one of those games, again, where the defense is going to have to show up. Now, Preston Smith, Preston Smith has been a man possessed. I mean, this guy is absolutely playing like he is not done. He's played himself into, I want him back next year already. Like, I, I want Preston Smith back, and I don't I don't remember if he's going to turn 30, 31, or whatever Goody's rule is as far as age and players and handing out contracts, but he's been so good for this team in the absence of Rashawn Gary without Zadarius Smith up front there. Whitney Merciless goes down. He's really been kind of the one-man wrecking ball. Him and Kenny Clark up front. Mm-hmm. You had Kiki mm-hmm. in there, who's a good you know, good at penetrating, getting through and getting into the backfield. If Rashawn can play, listen, Rashawn Gary wants to make a statement and he doesn't want to lose this game. He's absolutely going to play his butt off. And so I have, I have high expectations for the defense in this game. They're going to be up against it. I still think that's the Packers' best chance. I think I think offensively, I don't think Green Bay is just going to you know churn yards like through butter. Aaron Donald is healthy. That front is going to get after Aaron Rodgers. I think the defense and keeping it manageable and not letting the Rams get into the end zone is going to be Green Bay's best chance to win. I think the defense is they're going to have to lean on the defense once again this week. You know, Joe Barry probably getting a little tired and exhausted, but. This is what you sign up for when you're, you know, you're the coordinator or you're the head guy. 
is your unit has to be ready to do everything that they can do to be productive. And again, those safeties in the back end, just, you know, go full Seattle. Go full Seattle. They were so good. And they they left some interceptions on the field against Seattle as well. They've got to start catching those balls. Mm-hmm. And you know what? About a month ago, Savage himself tweeted, and I think this is part of the reason I was so frustrated on Sunday. Savage himself tweeted a month ago and said, those dropped interceptions earlier in the season will be interceptions moving forward. Go, Pack, go. And it's like, man, come on. Like, at some point, you the, the, the on switch has to turn on. You got to catch those balls and you got to finish that play. Now, it's easier said than done. Adam Thielen makes a great play, knocks the ball out on one. You get the other interceptions negated by a penalty. So I don't recall what the other one was that Savage should have had and he dropped. I, I won't fault him for the Thielen one because Thielen just broke it up. He became the defender mm-hmm. and he did what he needed to do. You got to finish that. You got to finish that last one. And, and and Matt, I don't know what the rule is. It's interesting because for a wide receiver, if it was a wide receiver and he catches the ball and one knee is down, he has possession of the ball. Uh, does he have to get an elbow or another knee down, or would that be considered a catch? But because he was a defensive player, he had to finish the play. I'm still not clear on on the nuances between offense and defense. There, I'm not saying that they botched the call. I don't think that they did. Right. But it's just it to your to that point, like there's guys that are healthy as we talk about all these injuries and we're kind of hanging our head a little bit. And I'm guilty of it. But there are guys that are healthy. And on the back end of that defense, those guys are healthy. Stokes is back. You know, he made a couple of mistakes, as you would expect against Justin Jefferson, who's a really good wide receiver. Cooper Cup's going to make you pay if you make mistakes against him as well. If you, mm-hmm. if you leave spots in that zone, this is where having Devondre Campbell is so helpful because he's so smart. In the middle, Oren Burks, I think, is going to play a little bit in this game. On the outside, he'll help out a little bit. But these are not dynamic players, so they've got to be disciplined. That's the key is you got to be disciplined. That's where you lose a little bit of that. When you start bringing in guys 35 through 53, the knowledge of the playbook, the, the speed of the game, the flow of the game, the discipline, that's where I think it's, it's going to be challenging. So as far as my take on the defense and the Packers leaning on the defense, do you see it that way, or do you still think that this is – going to be the Aaron Rodgers uh, offensive light show where it needs to be that if the Packers are going to win this game and they need to outscore the Rams. They have to win the turnover battle, in my opinion. you got to keep this Rams defense or Rams offense off the field. Like specifically too, like they're they've, you know, since Robert Woods has been out, I think it's been one game and then they had Odell Beckham come in and play and he looked okay in his debut, but now they had a bye week. So they were able to imp- you know, implement some different plays for him and probably get him more up to speed on the offense. And you just got to get that Rams offense off the field. So the defense has to win the turnover battle. Um, but I think it's, you got to have another huge performance from, from Rogers, like you did against the Vikings game. He had a great game statistically. If you watched, he kind of overthrew obviously that MVS a couple times and it, they weren't clicking on all cylinders, but he's got to bring that performance. If not kick it up a notch, because this is a better team than the, than the Vikings are. Granted, you're playing at home. You might have a little shot in the arm that way. But if I had to choose one, I'll probably say the the defense, just because we've seen what the defense can do, like in the Arizona game, if they can really limit the possessions for a high-powered offense and win the turnover battle and make some timely plays, that, that'll happen. Um, you know, Maybe it is nice that they've played Stafford in the past and they can kind of know what to do to him and kind of rattle him up. But uh, we kind of know the supporting cast of what the, the Detroit Lions have had out there and what the difference between the L.A. Rams has been for Matthew Stafford in his short 
uh, career now with the the Rams. So uh, I'll I'll shoot with the defense right now, but Aaron's got to bring it because without him, the, this offense doesn't go at all. Yeah, and Rodgers, Togate. We got some clarity Toe-gate. this week as far as Toe-gate. what's going on with the toe. It's not COVID toe. It's actually a fractured pinky toe. Matt, have you ever fractured a toe? I have. Uh, I actually hooked it. Oof. So I was running up from my parents' basement. I hooked it like on Oof. the little landing thing, and like I didn't really know it. I looked down. And I was like, but I just like taped it, and it didn't really. I don't know. It wasn't like all that bad. I, I, it could now if it, it was like more of like towards the top of the toe. So it like, but if it's more towards the base of like where your foot is, I'm sure that would be really really mm. uncomfortable. Um, and if you know, I wasn't by any means playing professional football and i'm sure you're worried about getting stepped on and stuff but i'm sure the the lower it is towards the base of your foot it's got to hurt a lot more because there's definitely more nerve endings down there definitely more who knows where that fracture really is where mine was just like kind of like cracking the top of it and you just taped it together so um but all in all it's still something super uncomfortable to try to get your footing right your plant right and you got to be worried every time you're going you know rolling out for a a play action or a couple drops back there you got to be worried about getting stepped on because that holy shit i can't even imagine how bad that would hurt no it, it's got to be and if it's like you said if it's set towards the base of the foot that's where you're putting weight on and and your cut exactly. and turn all that kind of stuff this is another game where the packers are going to have to uh they're going to have to decide to go into second half mode in first in the first half because they were they mm-hmm. were just sleepwalking in half number one they came alive in the second half that the, the offense was just in rhythm getting the ball out and rogers has to do that you know he didn't practice this week so once again like he's got to get a, find a way to get himself in a rhythm early and quick he's got to get rid of the ball fast tire that pass rush out and don't let them get home don't sit there and hold the ball you can't hold the ball in the pocket you're going to get crushed and it's it's not only a matter of taking a sack potentially losing the ball but rogers puts himself in harm's way against a, a really physical defense we saw what happened against seattle packers got banged up the Rams are a physical team. It's going to be another physical game. They're going to have to take care of themselves. So the offensive line, definitely going to have their work cut out for them. Yash Naim is going to be out there again. Billy Turner and the, the interior of the offensive line. So Royce Newman, Lucas Patrick, John Runyon Jr. We're going to see all those guys. And and it's they're going to have their work cut out for them because this Rams front is, is really good. And on the back end, it's Jalen Ramsey. You talk about Devontae Adams. Getting him more involved, it's easier said than done. Jalen Ramsey has... Has some pride too, and he remembers last game. And and he Devontae made a couple plays on him. He's gonna be looking to shut him down and make a statement that he is in fact the the best corner in the game with the other potential best corner in the game standing on the other sideline. Unfortunately, not in uniform in Jair Alexander and trying to reclaim his crown as one of the better defenders in the league. And as far as you may be wondering on the Rams side of the of the equation, we haven't talked about any of their injuries because they don't have any. They only had three guys that were listed on the injury report. Leonard Floyd was limited on Thursday at a concussion. He is not listed as out, although the, the Friday designations have not come out as of recording time. And then Andrew Whitworth, veteran rest. So he looks like he's just kind of in Mercedes Lewis mode where he doesn't practice every day, but he will play. And Dante Dian, the corner, is uh, not one of their – I don't think he's a starter – and he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was limited on Thursday. So their injury list is looking a lot, lot smaller than than Green Bay's is. In fact, the designations are, are official. So Dion is questionable. Whitworth and Leonard Floyd are good to go. And wide receiver Ben Skronik with a back injury is listed as questionable. So those mm-hmm. are your Rams injuries. They are coming in relatively healthy and off the bye. And this is where we turn to the part of the conversation where we talk about how this game is going to shake out. So Rams coming off a bye, coming to Lambeau Field, big game, road game. They're favored. They've got a little bit of mojo, a little bit of 
moxie behind them because now everybody's expecting them to get a big win against the Packers in a really tough place at Lambeau Field where Green Bay has not lost a game since last year to the Vikings over a year ago. Matt, I already know the answer to this question because I listened to Final Dump like a, like I <laughs> like I should. But who knows? Maybe in the last day, your thoughts have changed a little bit. So how does this game shake out on Sunday afternoon at Lambeau Field? I'm, I mean, you kind of made a good case for me to, to change it, honestly. And I, unfortunately, the just the way the, the injury reports came out, it's kind of gotten a little bit worse since last night, too. So it's not it didn't really help all that much. I think there there is a path forward for the Packers to win this game. Unfortunately, I just don't see that happening. Um, you kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit as far as like mailing it in and kind of getting right towards the bye week because you need this game. Like this isn't super important, not only for the number one seed, but for the the home field advantage uh, throughout the majority of the playoffs. But I, I don't see how the Packers win this game. I really, really don't. Um, and I've been wrong this year already. I was wrong on the San Francisco game. I believe I was wrong on the Arizona game as well. Uh, I was wrong on the Minnesota game. I didn't think they would lose that game. But at the end of the day, I, I, I have to go with the Rams coming off a of bye week. I, I think they're going to be fully prepared. That's why their injury report is so low, because they're able to have all these guys have bounced back and you know maintain any or I guess monitor any injuries they've had. The one saving grace for the Packers, and I'm sure this isn't the first time people have heard this stat this week, is Matt LaFleur has never lost back to back games. I don't know if we, how how long you can put you know weight into that. Eventually, that pattern will fall apart because it's really really tough to do that. And if he can continue that, he will be one of the most successful coaches in the NFL and in the history of the NFL. But end of the day, uh, right now I think it's one and a half. You said Caesars had it at one, so who knows what it'll look like by the time the game's kicked off or even the time you're hearing this. But I got the Packers losing this one, uh, 27-17 uh, Rams. Probably a little bit too low of a score to be honest. I think it could be a little bit higher for the Packers if they. Were able to maintain the run but I, I think this offense for the Rams is is clicking it's going to be really really fired uh, fired up after this bye week and I think with Odell Beckham in that offense for another week is only going to prove um you know how good they are and I think they got to have a chip on their shoulder right like especially Aaron Donald he's got to be pissed off how it went last year they were without Cooper Cup last year they were out without Jared Goff and I think then the the day like they're gonna have something to prove and want to say like you know what like we were probably the better team last year we just caught you at the wrong time with some injuries and we're gonna catch you this year with your injuries so i'm gonna go 27 17 rams man tough it's really tough and it's and it is a really tough game to call because it's such a pick them in it and so it's i'm not gonna hopefully end it in a tie that would be terrible uh we definitely want the packers to win this game so i think if they're going to win It's going to be very close, and it may come down to what we started the show off with, the foot of the kicker. It could come down to a Mason Crosby field goal. At the end, the Packers are going to want the ball last. Hopefully they get a chance to do that. And I am still feeling – I have a hard time picking against Green Bay in this one because they're at Mm -hmm. home. If they were on the road, I would pick against – I won't be surprised if they don't, don't win. But I've got, I've, I've got a 24-23 score that's stuck in my head in favor of the Packers. So I'll go with Green Bay 24-23. But I think if they're going to do it, they're going to have to steal it. They're going to have to do exactly what you said, Matt, win the turnover battle. They may even need to get some points off a turnover, which is asking an awful lot in a yeah. game, uh, in an NFL game, because it just doesn't happen very often. But if you'll recall last year, the Packers, one of their few pick six on the season came against Matthew Stafford, although he was with the Lions. Shannon Sullivan took one to the house against mm-hmm. against him. So totally different team, different offense, different head coach, different scheme. But I'm looking at the the ESPN playoff machine here. The Packers currently sit at the two seed with with at eight and three, and Arizona's is nine and two. So if the Packers don't win this game, 
And if the, I, I guess uh, if the Buccaneers beat the Colts on the road, then Tampa moves ahead into that two seed as the Packers move into their mm-hmm. bye week. Now there's a lot of football left to be played, but if you just look at the iterations and some of the, the rest of the way that things are going to shake out in the NFC, this is where the Packers start to slip and slide a little bit. And you don't want that to happen. I think this is one where they have to pull out all the stops and try to get this win, get the bye week, come back because on the back end, their schedule and you went through it a little earlier when we were talking about weather is they've got, they have the Bears and Vikings at Lambeau Field. They'll go to Detroit. Detroit is winless. They've got the Browns at Lambeau on Christmas. Cleveland has not played up to their potential. And they have a road game at Baltimore. So the Packers have a very manageable back end of their schedule to end out the season. This is a tough one, but it's one where they've really got to get it. And this reminds me of two years ago, Matt, when they had the Carolina Panthers going into their bye week in a game around... This time, I think it was earlier November at Lambeau Field. I was actually there for that one. They were they were a little bit beat up, but they had to get it, and that was the one where it came down to the very end, and they had to keep Christian McCaffrey out of the end zone. The, mm-hmm. Just get it done. Just get it done and find a way to win this game because if they don't, the Packers are going to start to slide down those those that seating, and it's going to be tough, and they're going to have to hit the road come playoff time, but obviously we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. So... With the Thanksgiving holiday, Matt, I don't know if anything changes for you schedule-wise as far as, as your content. I assume final dump no. back on Friday of next yeah. of uh, next week over to Game On Wisconsin. Yeah, we got a little bye week action there, too. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. Hopefully it's some positivity around this team and maybe a little recap from the year, and maybe there's some better injury news. I've been really hoping for that the last couple of weeks. Um, I was, I'm was i still shocked that we haven't gotten this team fully fully healthy yet. Maybe it'll all come into fruition towards the end of December, but um, yeah, final dump will be next week, and we'll have a little bye week to get prepared for and kind of analyze the, the playoff machine like you're talking about. The Cardinals are on a bye week, too, this week, too, so that kind of factors things into that as well. But it's going to be a it's it's going to be a tough run at the end of the game, end of the stretch here, because we're seeing across the entire league upsets every week and just how top heavy some of these uh, conferences are. That's uh, who knows how it's going to shake out. It's going to come down to the final week. Yeah, for sure. So I'll have the game recap up at Game On Wisconsin after the Packers and Rams on Sunday. And Quick Slats podcast will be out first thing Monday morning talking about the game that was at Lambeau Field as the Packers head into their very much needed bye week. So thanks, everybody, for riding along. If anybody's listening out there, especially those overseas, send us those weather weather reports. Oh, yeah. Send mm-hmm. us those the, the weather. We'll make sure to read it on the, uh, on the show and make sure we get you a shout out there. Thanks, everybody, for following along. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and enjoys the rest of their Thanksgiving weekend. As always, stay warm, stay safe, and go Pack Go.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 